Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andy. Good afternoon, buddy, or morning for you. Yeah, it's still morning here, but good afternoon to you there on Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, man, I uh, had a... uh, You You had a trip to the Central Time this weekend. I did. I was I was trying to calculate when that officially goes from Eastern to Central. It's somewhere in Indiana. Indiana, yeah. Somewhere in Indiana. Yeah. And like the western edge of Indiana. Yeah, and I had a bad drive. Well, it was raining yesterday. It was one of those just annoying rain drives. Trucks are so, trucks are the when it's raining on the freeway. Trucks are the worst just shooting all their crap at your car and the truck lights. These are things I was noticing during the drive yesterday. I don't know if it's because of my car is so low and where it's situated with the bright truck lights. I'm like, are people, am I at a ball game? Like the beams on the lights feel so potent. I don't know if it's a combination of the height of my car and that the lights have just gotten better. I don't know. I feel like everybody you know, has brights on now. You know, your mirror has a, has an adjustment for that, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was focused. I was focused on. Uh, you were too focused to flick that one thing that makes it tilt up. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. It's it, it's funny. I that that drive. I always stop. My, the halfway stop is Evansville, Indiana. It's always where I stop. And I did. I did. We've had a lot of food discussions in the show, Joe. I did. Arby's on Thursday when I left and Arby's last night, the two for six. It's just, it's just easy and it's clean and I'm not too full, but I'm also not disgusted after I eat two beef and cheddars. I'll tell you what I had on uh, Friday night. And I'm wondering if you ever had this in your days in LA. And I feel like the answer is no, because we've had many an Arby's discussion, but do you, did you ever have it? I've driven by it so many times and I'm, I'm always meant to do it, but I only for the first time tried it on Friday top round over there on like, I think it's on La Brea. It's like, it's like a one-off like fancy, not fancy is like, but it's like a classier Arby's, a variety of roast beef sandwich styles. Same. Like the main one is like with, with whiz and like, it's basically a beef and cheddar and it was so good. Roast beef is pretty underrated. That's one that falls under the radar besides turkey and ham. Nobody's talking roast beef too much. Not enough people talk roast beef. You know what? When I think of roast beef, I always think of uh, one. Hope you're, Solo. I know you're going to say. Hope yep. Solo. Yeah. And then uh, I, remember, the show. I remember this dude in, in high school. He said that too about this girl. He went down on this girl and he's like, oh, it tastes like roast beef. 
And I always would think, I'm not going to say this girl's name, but I always would think of her, him saying that her vagina tasted like roast beef, but we're not dirty enough anymore. <laughs> it's funny. Like you have your things with the dirt balls. Like that's my thing that I just don't get. And we'll get to a call later where somebody's like, can you guys even talk about this anymore? Because you used to, and it's like, <laughs> There, there, and, there it's, were, and it's funny because the whole time when you when you talk, when you go like when you go full Andy like that, that last little bit, I the entire time in the five years, six years, however long we've been doing the show, seven, seven years, I'll be like, oh, we're doing hope solo vagina stuff. It yeah. seems awkward. And uh, and you've never you've never blinked for one second. And they're like, you're not dirty enough. Well, Andy, it's because you're woke. I mean, let's be honest. It's the it's the woke. It's all the wokeness these days. You know what it is? It's weird. It's like I've I've matured. I think it's more visible with me. Like I've matured to some degree. I have. I've evolved as a person about like my views or just how I am personally. And somehow that equates to the dirty. But I've still I'm still me you know i was called the dirty dog in college like i was visiting college buddies this weekend they're still like man ruther and your stories and all that stuff uh which i forget you know you forget when you hang out with buddies right like old time buddies i forget how much of a just a wild out of control person i was like my buddy was bringing all these stories back that i had forgotten he's like dude you were naked all the time all the time. It didn't matter if you're around girls, guys, like you just like, you know how Burt Kreischer always takes his shirt off. That was me, but showing my junk in college, like everybody had seen my penis and I'm proud of it. Yeah. I'm proud that, you know, I didn't care. I mean, honestly, you had it out all the time. Apparently you have tons of, of jokes about masturbation. And meanwhile, Louis C.K. is world famous, and here you are showing your junk to people, talking about masturbation nonstop, and you're hosting the podcast with me. Seems unfair. Yeah, in a basement. Brunette lives matter. I'm glad that you gave me that comparison. What's Louis up to these days, by the way? Is he? Is he? I I mean, as far as like, if I had to guess, I would I would imagine he's that him and Woody Allen are taking this opportunity to put together the greatest comeback movie of all time. <laughs> and they've worked together before. They have worked together. Surprise, surprise. I, you know, what's funny to me. I watched the first two episodes of the Woody Allen thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what it is, but like, it seems like there's this 30 years late uh, thing where the entire nation discovers new york villains and they're like did you know trump is an asshole i'm like only since like 86 it's like did you know rudy giuliani's a piece of shit only since the first time i ever heard of him did you know woody allen's a monster only since he brought his 16 year old daughter to nick's games the garden in 1991 yeah i know about all these guys i i want i feel like i want to do a documentary about isaiah thomas and how he was a villain for new york and just see if the whole world is like wait this he gave Eddie Curry an extension. This happened. Like, why is the whole world like not know that we've had these, we've hated these guys for 30 years. But people have like, like the better late than never um, is real. Like, but like the Woody Allen, dude, dude, I remember I'm fuck it. I'm I'll just say it. Like I remember when he was brought up one time 
when I was working radio in 2015 and I said all that. And then it got in a huge like discussion. Like I was the bag, like, like I'm not going to name names on our show. There's not many, but I remember being like, dude, he married his adopted daughter. He's a P and then uh, I was going back and I'll just say, I was going back and forth with Drew like on radio and I'm like, he wasn't defending him, but it was also one of those kind of like, you know, it was one of those things where like, I remember it vividly and me being like, wait, I'm the bad guy or I'm kind of the asshole. Like this guy married his daughter. I need, I really need to know. And we might even have to like, we might even have to set up a call with him or something. I, I need to know uh, where Jesus stands on this. <laughs> okay, Jesus he, like, Hey, he just had a regular relationship with his 16 year old daughter that blossomed into his wife. I, I, I don't see the problem here. Jesus defending Michael Jackson at that Dodgers at, game. It's spring training. Dodgers spring training game. Front of his child. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> who Michael Jackson probably wanted to have sex with. Like He's that's a guy who has rooms that lock inside of other rooms that lock inside of other rooms that lock inside of other rooms. So he can play, you know, robots with kids. I, I do what's wrong with you guys. I will say this, this, the Woody Allen stuff does make me happy to be away. Like, I know it's stupid, but even just physically away from Hollywood, not that I was in Hollywood, but you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. because the hypocrisy is so ridiculous. Like people worked with him for years. Well, I mean, and, and you know what's like I said, the New York hypocrisy as well, like New Yorkers have known forever, but there's still there's still that the the you know hollywood is sort of a state of mind that new york hollywood hypocrisy you're not going to see a lot of snl jokes about woody allen i'll tell you that much you're not you know uh what's his name lauren's not gonna interesting lauren's not gonna give the thumbs up on a lot of trashing woody allen in the next couple weeks i predict that but oj was fair game yeah have you guys heard about oj by the way i know the whole world's coming on to things 30 years late he murdered his wife and a waiter (laughs) Guys, I don't know where you've been. Literally happened after Woody Allen I, married I can't, his, his daughter. I can't wait for the documentary on cancel culture because it's such a weird phenomenon that like if you did it before cancel culture, you were somehow immune. Right? Yeah. Like, like I don't want to trash the guy because he's dead, but like Kobe Bryant was a prime example. I think that's an easiest example for everyone to understand. I mean, right? I mean, for, also, Ben Roethlisberger is not dead. Oh, that's another he good two, one. He has two accusations. Exactly. Kind of in the same. Perfect. In the same time frame where like they were pre me to. So now they're impervious to ridicule. Like it's so bizarre. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but Andy, anyway, Andy, we got a lot of sports to cover and we should stick we really, to sports more yeah. often. We really don't have a lot of sports to cover, but we'll try our best today. We do we have some, we, we got to stick to sports it's on this on this podcast. Have we heard have we heard from our friend? Um, I think he ran out of uh, printer ink. Iris? So he, I think I think you I think you ran out of uh, ink for his printer. So as soon as he can type up another one. Let me get back to this. Uh, We do have some NFL stuff. I see JJ Watt has put out a tweet, which is showing a Arizona Cardinals shirt. So it looks like he has signed with the Cardinals. Um, My take, 
Like, does it really affect him that much? I don't think so. I actually think this is – how much does it improve them? I don't know. I mean, obviously, if J.J. Watt can be 75% of his peak self, he's still a very, very good defensive player. But I think what – and I really like this signing for Arizona. Uh, obviously, they're in a tough division. Um, I feel like the Niners are going to bounce back. Uh, the the Rams obviously have Stafford. I think that improves them significantly. The Seahawks are up in the air because your boy may want to join the Cowboys or something like that. But uh, I think what how this helps Arizona even more than like what he could maybe bring physically is like they're a young team. They're gonna have to get good fast if they want to capitalize on you know a quarterback rookie quarterback deal. Um, I just think he's gonna be the Larry Fitzgerald of their defense. He's going to be a like Larry Fitzgerald isn't what he once was, but <clears throat> he has a ton of value for that team. Cause he still holds his own and he's a, you know, veteran leader on a young squad. And I think that, you know, I wasn't really thinking about this as a JJ Watt potential. It was more like what team can JJ Watt join and really like help them turn the corner in ter- in terms of a contender. And that's where you can kind of say, how much does JJ like does JJ Watt have that ability anymore? Does he join any team's defense and suddenly they're oh look out they have JJ Watt and I think I agree with you that no. So in terms of a fit, I think a, a team where he can play, can contribute, and can be a leader to a young squad is probably the best fit for him. And yeah. Warm weather on Arizona for those old bones, you know, like he'll be this. I think it's a great fit. Yeah, I mean, they went eight and eight. Obviously, you know, they looked like a playoff team and they kind of struggled down the stretch. Veteran leadership is very important in the NFL. That will definitely help. Smart move. Stick to the warm weather. I like that. Right. He's coming from Houston. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, he was looking at the Browns. He was looking at the Bills, maybe a few others. Those other teams are better right now. The Bills would have been interesting. I kind of want to like that. Bills would have been interesting, but again, it's almost like with the Browns and the Bills, it's like, does J.J. Watt joining a playoff team make them... Like, I don't think the Browns were contenders for real last year. You could say the Bills were a little bit more, maybe. Um, but, I, but like, does J.J. Watt push either of those teams over the hump? I don't think so. Does J.J. Watt significantly help to push the Arizona Cardinals into the playoffs. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, it's a tough division and Seattle is completely up in the air now. I mean, this Russell Wilson thing is, seems like it's gaining some steam as far as him not being on the team, the problems. Did you have a chance to read the athletic article? Do you know about it? I didn't read the athletic article, but I, I mean, I think I know the pertinent details and that is that he, he walked out of a meeting at one point last year, unhappy with, you know, not getting his voice heard about their potential changes on offense. And then also he's not requested a trade, but his agent said he would okay trade to certain places. 
Yeah, it's very is in that, depth. Is that the well, that's part of. It. I mean, it goes it goes all the way back to literally when they signed him. Like the article starts with Pete Carroll and Allen, as far as you know, running the team, and I mean, it goes back to the Matt Flynn signing and them drafting Russ. I guess they were interested in Josh Allen as well. They were interested in Mahomes as well, but they also knew Mahomes was going to be taken. Same thing for Allen. So, so they've all. So it's interesting because the, a lot of teams still, if they see a guy, they'll take him, right? The, the Packers did that. Like, so that they haven't really done that. The argument is they haven't put anybody to challenge Russ. Um, so the article goes in depth. Yeah, and his teams are that he would accept a trade to the Bears, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Cowboys. It's a weird collection of teams. It's not like that, you know, the Saints, it's like, oh, I'll join a team where I'm replacing a great quarterback that seems ready to win. The Bears, like, why, like, why the Bears? Maybe, why, why the Raiders? Just because Vegas? Maybe Gruden. I would assume it's because he likes Gruden. Okay. The Bears, I assume something to do with their head coach and their defense. The Cowboys, he he loves, he wants to be the next quarterback destiny that's ruined by Mike McCarthy. By the way, I would, I'm a Giants fan and I would love him to go to the Cowboys. I'd be all about that. Because the Dak thing is right now, I'm not the biggest Dak fan, but the way that they're handling, I actually think the Cowboys are handling the Dak thing properly, which is why go and spend a ton of money on this guy when we're not sure he's the fit, which, you know, obviously we saw Washington do with Kirk cousins and eventually move on from him. And I think Dak is a good quarterback, but obviously he's coming off an injury and they're leaving themselves some wiggle room here. Obviously Dak, you know, might, it might, you know, push might come to shove at some point where Dak is like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not, I refuse to play, especially since, you know, I got hurt last year, but tying yourself to Russell Wilson for all the money. Like, I'm like, yeah, let's go as a, as a Giants fan. I'm like, please do that. Well, they're pretty similar side by side. If you look at their numbers since Dak became the starter, they're actually right. very, very similar. I, I the, the Russ thing is interesting because I think he might have too many people in his ear. Now, if you read that article, it talks about what most of us knew. They started real hot. They were passing the ball a lot on first and second down more than they ever had. They were quote unquote, letting Russ cook but then he had a terrible stretch. And so they dialed it back some, which you're going to make adjustments, but he didn't play that good in the second half of the season, especially the last, you know, four or five games. And he's got to take some accountability for that. To me, it goes back to, I think it goes both ways. I think he's got to play better. And I think, you know, the coaching, you know, Carroll is still a run the ball defense. Don't turn the ball over. That's what he is. And he's not going to change. He's not changing it. 69 or however and, old he is. And kind of like, in my opinion, it's like, why should he? Yeah. 
And, and that's in essence what I've been saying the entire time, which is you, Russ can be whatever he is, but it's all about the balance, not the run pass balance, but the balance of like your contract to your actual value. If your contract is more valuable than your value, I don't really care how good you are and vice versa. If you're, value is greater than your contract. Like if you're a rookie, if you're on a rookie deal and you're improving and you're, you know, you're the future quarterback, it's like, let's let that go until we have to sign you. And, you know, the, the bottom line is Pete Carroll defense run the ball. Russ comes in Marshawn Lynch and the Legion of boom. He gets to two super bowls. And now we pay him as though he's whatever. And I, I basically have always said, I don't think the value is there. And I mean, I'm the one that said prior to him getting them re-upping his deal that he might not be there in 2020. And now the talk was, oh, they're you, looking at Josh Allen. You've moved the goalposts. You said 2018 or 2019. I mean, we're 2021. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure I said 2020. I know you didn't for a fact. Okay. Either way, Josh Allen didn't get drafted in 2020. Well, all I'm saying is they were, you know, they were curious. looking at other quarter, uh, looking at potential first round quarterbacks. Well, I think again, I think if you read the article, it says a lot of teams do that. Like you'd be surprised, which I didn't realize. A lot of teams with franchise guys are are doing that. But we're, it's a, I, I I just think it's a different story when you're talking about oh Aaron Rodgers at 37. This would be my advice to Wilson three years ago. Yeah. Russell Wilson's only 32. This would be my advice to Russell Wilson. Um, And again, he has not demanded a trade. Supposedly, but you have to be careful what you ask for. Because while I think the game might have passed Carol by somewhat, I still think he's a great coach. I also want to reiterate. He's been there nine seasons his worst record is nine and seven. So my point is, Carol's doing something right. Russ needs to remember it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you've only hit, you've made the playoffs eight out of nine. How many, how many players can say that? Right. In also, first- the for the for the game to pass you by, you had to be ahead of the game at one point. So the idea that you want to join Mike McCarthy's Cowboys, Matt Nagy's Bears, like okay. Maybe maybe stick with the guy the game may have passed by as opposed to the guys who have not been in the same city as the game. And that's my point is you still found a way to win in Seattle. It, it's funny, like we're doing like they won 12 games last year. I know they didn't win a playoff game, but it's crazy to think like you won 12 games last year. Like, let's not lose sight. Russ shouldn't lose sight, I should say, of how successful they are. And I think it's a good combination. I just think hopefully as a Russ fan, I, I would like to see him stay there. Also, thanks to CT, I do have a Russell Wilson Seattle Seahawks jersey. So that thing becomes basically pointless. As a Russ fan, you'd rather see him stay there than go anywhere else? I'd rather I, see I, him there than in New Orleans? New Orleans or the Raiders would be fun to see. I like Gruden. Maybe I put too much on Gruden. Obviously, Sean Payton's a pretty good coach. 
and they have a good defense. Yeah, New Orleans would be interesting. I mean, if that happened in New Orleans, I'd laugh so hard because there goes, I mean, you'd have to laugh, right? There goes Jameis's chance. Yeah. I mean, I think Jameis's chance is going because Jameis. Really? I think I think there's a good chance. I think I think there is a good chance that Jameis starts next year. I mean, isn't the talk now that Breeze is not retiring? Breeze is working out. Breeze is pushing around a sled. Well, they keep saying he's going to announce it, and he's not. Right, and he's working out and putting posting those Instagram. I didn't. Was that last week? I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. I saw he was trending. Yeah, he was, he was working out. Interesting. I, I'm all for that. By the way, the what? longer Jameis sits on the bench, I was tagged in something. Oh, I, this is what I was tagged in. I didn't read the article. But a dirtball tagged me in this. Apparently, Jameis one of one wrote an entire article of why Jameis Winston deserves a Super Bowl ring from the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make this up. That's amazing. Is that for real? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna find it right now. I swear to God, Brano. Somebody tagged That's me. Incredible. And then he attacked. Again, well, I, Jason Light, give him a fucking ring then. Again, I didn't. I didn't read it. But then he attacked. He attacked uh, the dirtball who tagged me. In his response, you know, I I'll be honest, I wasn't really looking at Twitter this weekend because I was with friends. Let me pull this up. This is pretty funny. Um, okay, so- why are you not tagging me in this? I'm the original Jameis fucking troll. So, so this is, uh, yeah. So I was tagged in this. Um uh Matt Matty Cakes tagged me. His it's pretty funny quote tweet. So he tags me and says, This is absolute bonkers. This is the take of a crazy person. So James One of One titles this. My latest article was published by Shadow League, whatever is that. It's a must read for all Jameis Winston fans. Who are Jameis Winston fans? And yeah, it says this point- should should the Glazer family who own the box award Jameis Winston the Super Bowl ring? And then he writes, read the article before commenting. Here's the, here, I mean, the bottom line is the, the change of quarterback last year. Obviously, they made a lot of other additions, but the change of quarterback, we all agreed, was worth like four games. And they get the four more in this. I mean, they won a Super Bowl the second he left. But if he's not on the team, why would he get a ring? Because Jameis one of one is a lunatic. Like. Also, uh, read my article on shadowblog.org that Andy Ruther deserves a Super Bowl ring from the Glazer family. I, I mean, this you this- literally deserve a ring from the box. Exactly as much as Jameis, which is 0%, by the way. But if we were going to make an argument, I mean, we, I'm going to make this argument right now. We trolled the Bucks into moving Jameis Winston. Bottom line, we were like, if you're not the fucking, if you're not Jameis one of one, fucking trade him. Fucking get rid of him. And, the, and, the, and Jason Light, just to cover his own ass, moves Jameis Winston and they get a Super Bowl. We fucking deserve Super Bowl rings from the Bucks. The video we put out 
is Jameis one of one, the Bucks GM, is more responsible for the Bucks Super Bowl than Jameis Winston. We deserve two Super Bowl rings. Mm-hmm. I want my fucking Super Bowl ring. That'd be nice. Dude, he he he's a lunatic. So this article, I've clicked on the article. I'm not going to read it, at least not right now, because we're obviously recording. But the article is full of his own tweets, which is hilarious. So he tweeted this ten, like 10 days, 12 days after the Super Bowl. And I, I can't wait to explain this. He tweets 31 points scored by Bucks in the Super Bowl. New edition, Gronk, 12 points. New edition, Ryan Suckup, 7 points. New edition, Antonio Brown, 6 points. New edition, Leonard Brown, 6 points. Players from the 2019, 0 points. So, so by the way, so Jameis 1-1 is such a fucking moron. You can go by that argument all you want, dude. Okay, not a single person from the 2019, not a single person from that 2019 team, or I'm sorry, on the 2019 team scored in the Super Bowl. Dude, who got Antonio Brown there? Tom Brady. Who got Gronk there? Tom Brady. Leonard Fournette wanted to play with Tom Brady. It's like all those points are because Tom Brady's on the team. You fucking moron. Like this guy. Also, the thing with Jameis one of one is if Jameis throws the touchdown, it's Jameis's points. But if Tom Brady throws the touchdown, it's Gronk's points. It's Antonio Brown's points. I mean, he has a thousand articles. The percentage of offense that Jameis Winston was responsible for. So you're literally just you're just moving the goalposts and saying it's it's Tom Brady. It's it's these guys who are responsible for the offense as opposed to when your guy's doing it. It's the quarterback that's responsible for the offense. Fuck this. You know what? I, I'm worked up again. Fuck this guy. Let's find out who this guy is. This cocksucker. I can't stand him anymore. It's like, Jason Light of the Tampa Bay Bucks, and I think he's just down. Uh, like I just think he's off he's his never, meds. And he's he's got, down. Is down he down schizophrenia. A, yeah, he's down a terrible rabbit hole, dude. If I went back the other day and watched that video, I still say that voice is the exact same person. And I think at this point, he's just so far down this hole that like. He's keeping it going to say, I was right. And also I'm still right now. I'm still right that I, you know, I got this guy and he's, and then he brought all these players. So I did a great job as a GM, but I also, I was right. I did a great job as a GM when I got the other guy too. I mean, the balls to list Gronk and AB and their points, literally they're on the team because of Tom, Tom Brady put Antonio Brown up in his house. Right. So here's, I I will say this once again. Gronk, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette all go there because of Brady. Brady all goes there because they're replacing their quarterback and they have a team to build around. They're replacing their quarterback because we trolled their GM into replacing their quarterback. We deserve Super Bowl ranks. I think you're right. And we certainly deserve Super Bowl wings way more than Jameis one of one or Jameis Winston himself. God, this guy's such a loser. He's such a loser. I, 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 to be honest, I've never wanted to see someone's face more. I, I've never wanted to see a picture of someone's family more. This guy is the epitome of a loser. Can we deserve? Can we title this episode? We deserve Super Bowl ranks. We deserve box Super Bowl ranks. We do. It's unbelievable. We trolled them into replacing the reason they couldn't win games. Without us, there is no Tom Brady. There is no Gronk. 
There is no Antonio Brown. There is no Super Bowl. You're welcome, Bucks fans. Never forget. I guess in in a way, Jameis Winston absolutely doesn't deserve a ring. I guess in some way, Jameis one of one trolling us led to that. So we can give Jameis one of one a Super Bowl ring, but Jameis himself cannot get a Super Bowl ring. It's like it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but to get a Super Bowl ring. This is so wild. The, the lunacy, the absolute lunacy of saying Jameis deserves a Super Bowl ring is unreal. I guess his argument, he I'm, I'm skimming through the first part, is Edger and James, something with Edger and James and the Colts team. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, this guy just this guy just makes you stupider. You become more dumb. Literally, I'm just gonna say it. I'm a little hyped up. To, I want to punch this guy in the face. I'm not a violent person. I want to punch this guy in the face for putting. Dude, he's like the QAnon of fucking sports takes. It's just, I love it's, that. I love that. I just want to say, as a former English teacher, I love that while you complained about him making you dumber, I said stupider. You said stupider and more dumb. <laughs> You mean dumber and more stupid? Whatever. <laughs> I'm a moron too. At least I know it. That's the difference. I know I'm a fucking moron. I know I speak wrong all the time. Brandon, I don't know why. I'm worried. I want to punch this guy in the face. <laughs> he he literally is. He's the Q and all. He's the Q and all of sports takes. Cause, you know what I said? Because he's got people who like believe in this shit. You look but under it, his tweets, dude. There's this. This is what I've seen. This is the the thing on on social media especially now it's the same it's it's the same people i deal with and and we'll talk about my next later on but the same people i deal with there there are people who just can't let go of carmelo anthony and and it's like this new social media like mod it's like the millennials sports fan trend of like rooting for players instead of rooting for teams like i am a knicks fan and i love lebron james if the knicks played the lakers in the finals I'd want LeBron James to slip and fall and miss the entire series. Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care at all. I'm not like, well, I don't know. Am I rooting for my favorite player or am I rooting for my favorite? It's like there are some people who just can't let go of their favorite player. The amount of trolling Knicks fans I deal with who still just think like, this is the best that's been since the Carmelo Anthony era. I was like, are you guys on crack cocaine? He derailed the franchise for a decade. It's unbelievable. You know, you know what I need? I'm a little worked up today. I need, I just got back, obviously, from a three-day trip. I got a freezer full of butcher box. I need to grill. It's, it's nice and warm today. It's going to be warm all week. Finally, some spring weather. I need to grill some butcher box, Joe. Some nice fresh meat that's sent directly to the house, which I love. Don't even have to leave free of antibiotics and added hormones. I need to grill some butcher box this week. To- Andy, what's our tell tell the dirt balls what our butcher box deal is, but also tell me, because I need to order some butcher box at this point. You just have a freezer full of meat. I'm I'm using the dirty sports promo code to get me some meat. Well, the promo code is butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. If you want to partake in our new deal which includes ground beef for life 
That's two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of their subscription. Just go to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. So yeah, guys, each box that they're going to send to your house has about 10 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individuals. It's packed fresh, ship frozen, and the vacuum sealed. Uh, it's vacuum sealed, so it stays fresh the entire way. You can customize it. It's really great. It really is. I know we had some dirt balls asking about it the other day. Guys, right now, ButcherBox is offering new members ground beef for life. Again, that's two pounds, two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of their subscription. Just go to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. I want to bring up this Carson Wentz thing before we move on to basketball real quick. Okay. I, I didn't talk about it last episode. So he wore number 11, obviously in Philly. Yes. Michael Pittman doesn't want to, Michael Pittman Jr. Doesn't want to give it up to him. Right. I, I, I think that says a lot. Am I, am I overanalyzing this? I think you are. Well, I, I, I don't think it necessarily, I think it maybe says a little, uh, but I, I believe you put it on the rundown as like, Carson Wentz's teammates don't respect him or something like that. I think they don't respect dude. You're, you're the wide receiver. Your new quarterback wants his number and you're not giving it to him. You don't respect him. That's well, first take. of all, I, I always think that these stories tend to be made into something before they even are like, do we know Carson Wentz asked for his number? Allegedly. Right. Like we don't, we just know that Michael Pittman has said, I'm not giving it up or I want to stay 11 or whatever, which by the way, Carson went, it's not Tom Brady going to the Bucks, you know, it's a whole different story. And I think we've seen this throughout sports everywhere, depending on who you are and where, when you go somewhere, it, it, it's totally changes, you know, whether or not you're going to even request that number from somebody. Um, Carson Wentz, I don't think has earned the the right to his number, regardless of where he goes and regardless of who wears it. And if he wants to offer Pittman a gang of money or a car or whatever, which we've seen this deal happen a thousand times in sports history, if he wants it, then make him an offer he can't refuse. I know, but again, my my view is like, dude, he's your he may not be that the the guy who comes in with the clout of a Tom Brady, but you're the quarterback. You're the guy that they're putting the future on. And yeah, I just I, I mean, I just think the idea the idea that he automatically would have to give it up just because it's quarterback, I just I did I don't agree with. I'm not saying that he automatically has to, but rarely do you see a guy not give their number up to a quarterback from what I recall that I'm just, I'm just, that's just kind of what I feel. I don't know. I think he, maybe, he, maybe he just wants some dough. Carson Wentz has got a big deal. I think he might have, I think, I think he might've offered him dough. And he said, no. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to pull it up. I'm pretty sure he offered him some dough, man. That's where I'm like, yo, he doesn't respect him. And listen. Yeah. He said, I'm number 11. There's no deal that's going to be done. I like it. I like it. I actually think this is more about Pittman than it is about Wentz. I like it. 
But Pittman you know, wore number like Pittman wore number six at SC. He started his Colts career at number eighty six. Like, what's his connection? He's just had number eleven recently, and now he's number eleven. I I just think the idea that he has to give it up for Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz is a quarterback is incorrect. And then you could say, oh, if Pittman did respect him, but why should Pittman respect him? Why not? You know, why? How about the, uh, you know, the what was saving Private Ryan? Like everybody hated Matt Damon because he didn't go through boot camp or whatever. Like, why don't you earn it? Why don't you earn the respect? Like, why should you come in and just have the respect? That's, that's look at that connection. You're doing a little saving private Ryan connection. No, but you know what I mean? Like that was the plan. The plan. They didn't send him through boot camp, So they were all pissed off about it and blah, blah, blah. That's like part of the movie. But I'm saying like, if you want it, if you want the respect, what, what you, why, why do you have the respect? Why do you automatically have the respect of anybody? What have you done in this league? You had a, you had a good season a couple of years ago before you got hurt. You, you were a quarterback under Frank Reich before. Like the idea that anybody should respect Carson Wentz. Like if Carson Wentz demanded respect, Carson Wentz wouldn't have been shipped out of Philadelphia. He wouldn't have been benched for Jalen Hurts. So in a way you're agreeing with me because I'm saying they don't respect him. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying like, I don't necessarily think anybody's in the wrong here or that it's like, well, my point is, I don't think anybody is here. This was just my take. My take was I felt that there was no respect. I don't think, like, listen, I think everybody can respect him. I don't think he's earned more respect than anybody else in the locker room. My, my point is, I don't, I don't think this is a thing like, oh, they don't respect him. He's not Jameis eating W's on the sideline. And everybody's rolling their eyes. Michael Pittman's just like, you're the new quarterback. But I wear number 11. Cool? Like, it's not like, oh, fuck Carson Wentz. It's just rare you see a QB change numbers. Joe Montana wore 19 in Kansas City. Got me there. Just... I mean, I don't know if that was a Len Dawson thing or like, I don't know what the reasoning is behind that, but. I don't know. We'll see. Are the Suns gonna are they are they legit at all? Let's what's the deal with the Phoenix Suns? I want to talk about them for a minute. Well, I guess the question is define legit. I believe they're their are they the four seed right now or the five seed? I think they're the three. Are they? No. Um, should be should be Utah, Lakers, Clippers, Phoenix. They are, let's see here. Yeah, you're right. They're four. Well, I mean, they're a half game out from the Clippers, one game out from the Lakers. So when I say legit, could the Suns make the Western Conference Finals? Could they? Yes. Will they? No. Because I don't think that they could beat in a playoff series the three teams above them. So if they finish third, are they beating the Lakers or the Clippers in a playoff series? I don't think so. Could they beat the Jazz? Not the way the Jazz are playing. Now, could they win? Could they make it to the Western Conference Finals because they beat a, you know, 
five seed. Who's a five seed now? The Spurs? Yes. Okay. So could they beat the five seed Spurs and then be in the second round? Like, could something go their way? Could somebody get hurt? Could they, you know? Yeah, sure. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet any mo- amount of money at, at almost any odds that they're beating the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Utah Jazz in a playoff series, provided, you know, their major stars are at full health. Could the Phoenix Sun beat a Lakers team without Anthony Davis? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, the Knicks are the four seed in the East. Are we doing this? Are we are we going both conferences here with this? Are we fucking doing that? Are the Knicks legit? I mean, let's fucking go. Well, the East is just so bunched up. I mean, you have. I'm just saying, if we're talking about four seeds making the conference finals. No, I know. Between the four seed Knicks and the eight seed Hornets, they're separated. You have five teams separated by a game. Yeah. A single game. Which is crazy. I think the Hornets are surprising some people too. I can't believe how well that the ball kid is playing. I mean, he's, yeah, he's been great. Lavar said he was going to be the best one. He's been Ever. he's he's been kind of quiet, huh? Lavar, yeah. Keenan Thompson did a SNL bit about him this week, but can can I say something about Keenan Thompson and, and not nothing against him? But there's a big but. He is. I I just I've never found him funny. You don't think a little bit of Bill Cosby in every character is kind of funny? But that's what I'm saying. Like when I look at SNL and the in the in the I am Bill LeVar Cosby Ball. My son. I do this voice. Welcome to What's up with that? <laughs> Welcome to a Bill Cosby impression of not Bill Cosby. At this point. Uh, Keenan's l- regular personality is a half a Bill Cosby impression. Well, that, I just like, you got a new show on NBC. Keenan, he's like, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great joke. Like now he has a sitcom. I, I just, he's one of those guys who I've just never got. Like, I, I don't, I don't do impersonations. I'm not saying they're easy. I just don't get, I don't get him. Like, is, are there Keenan Thompson fans out there? Are we going back to Keenan and Kel when we were kids? I don't know. I don't know, Andy. Like, how long has he been on SNL? 25 years? Yeah, a long time. And now they're like, hey, cool, you earned it. Here's your own sitcom now, which no one's going to watch. I have no idea whether or not people will watch it because, like, the things that are hits and the things that aren't, I'll never understand. It's old people, dude. It's old people. It's going to be a great show. (laughs) Network TV is absolute trash. And we did a bit on the... Golden Globes with Tina and Amy. What's up with that? I mean, that's our ball. Like, it's all the same impression. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're doing, you're literally doing. My son, the mellow, rhymes with jello, pudding pops. (laughs) You're like, what impression are you doing right now? That's what I'm saying. Like, what is going on? The mellow and the jello. In the Hornets with the pudding. Are, this is LeVar Cosby? Is this what we're doing? 
I mean, I don't watch and I haven't watched Saturday Night Live and basically God knows how long, but back to my I love point. the Hornets uniforms because they're ridiculous colors like my sweaters. <laughs> like, hey, what are you? <laughs> hey, Jordan drafted well. He drafted well in the ball, kid. Drafted well. Yeah. Finally hit one. Finally found, hit one. Bound to happen. But it's pretty bunched up, man. If you look at those standings, it is crazy. Yeah. Go it's, the East is give it to me from the top down. Sixers. Yep. Nets only a half game back. Yep. Bucks only one game back. Then you have Knicks, Heat, who are in surging. the top four of the Eastern Conference. I mean, they're one game above five hundred. I mean, Andy, listen, I am a Knicks realist. Trust me, I am not the guys that were outside the garden this weekend when they once again reached 500, literally lighting cars on fire. <laughs> but I got to say, and this is, you know, what I'm, what I've tried to tell, you know, psychotic Knicks fans with stay mellow in their bio. We have been 500 under Jeff Hornacek through, you know, 25 games or whatever. We've been 500 through 45 games under Derek Fisher. It does feel different on this team. They're scrappy. They're playing defense. They they have the young guys. The only thing I don't understand is Thibodeau has Thibodeau definitely has some lineup boners that I don't. I'm like Alec Burks and and Reggie Bullock are the same person. I'm not sure either of that person should play, let alone ever play together. But it's working. It's going to get tougher. I mean, Miami's getting healthy. They've won six in a row. Joe Kim Noah's retiring. Or is he? <laughs> There's no way Tom Thibodeau lets him retire without just like one little, he puts a little bait on the hook. He's like, come on. We got Derrick Rose. We got Taj Gibson. We're playing a lot of defense. Mitchell Robinson's out. Come here for a 10-day contract. Well, it's going to get interesting, I think, sooner than later. You're probably watching all the Knicks games, are you? I am. Shout out to the Thust Fund for NBA League Pass. And I've been sending it to you. My favorite thing besides watching Knicks games is when the Lakers are on national TV, specifically when they're on TNT, and then I can go to League Pass and watch the bonus coverage of just the LeBron cam. He, he, he's officially lost any chance of winning the MVP. Here's a funny one. Here's a funny one for you. According to Deadspin's Rob Parker. Okay. Because they lost four in a row without AD. Okay. And then they get Schroeder back and they're blowing out teams again. I know. But he's not MVP. Okay. Because fine. of that. That's fine. And who's Rob Parker's MVP? Cam Newton? Oh, no, wait. That's a different guy. Joe, not all black journalists are the same. No, not all black journalists are the same, but uh, a lot of the uh, black blogger uh, uh, clickbait guys are the same. Yeah, that's a. I saw that headline. I was like laughing. I was like, dude, we're, we're really we're, we're doing this 30 
31, 30 at that point, 32 games in the season. He's already lost it now. Like you don't just lose it. Cause you lose four games in a row. Hot take culture. Imagine if, imagine if relationships were just as hot take. Dude, you'd be you, divorces would be happening like every other hour. I have news for you, Andy. Divorces are happening every other hour. <laughs> I know they are, but you know what I'm saying? Like in real life, like boom, dumped, boom, back together, boom, dumped. I don't know, Joe. I don't know what all this is all about. This divorce relationship thing. I'm I'm struggling to get a dog. This is my big commitment. Got a huge anti-dog push, which I was shocked from one of my buddies this weekend. Wow. Yeah. Pretty Does he have a dog? Nope. His, well, his, well, I should correct that. He's married. His wife, I mean, it's his family now. They have two. But wild anti-dog push for me. Wait, so hold on. So he has dogs. He, his wife takes care of him. Okay. He, he married into the dogs. Okay. And he's anti-dog. Why? He's anti-Andy Ruther dog. Because you don't know where you're going to be in a year. Uh, a lot of people need dogs to give them some sort of consistency. You have that. You don't need that to keep them in line. Like, uh, and I kept, being, I kept bringing it back. What about unconditional love? dude? Like you're forgetting a mainstay of a dog, the unconditional love when you come home to go on walks, hiking, whatever. Like dogs bring so much value. It, it, I thought it was like, he was harping on it all weekend. Like, dude, I know you. And I kept being like, you do know me, but you don't know me, apparently. But like, what is where you're going to be in here? Like dogs get in cars and go wherever you want them to go. It was like, hey, man, what if you move back to California and you got a 50? I mean, there are, dog? there are stories of that, like the, on more than one occasion. What has happened is like you move to California while your dog is missing and it finds you in California. Like, that's how crazy dogs are. I was like, yeah, I, I, I tracked you down in California. By the, way, By the way, I moved the dog to California. I couldn't be more pro dog. You live alone in a big house. Why wouldn't you have a dog? He again, he's the only one who's been like adamant against it. It's crazy, but like he was harping on it all weekend, all weekend. Oh yeah, you you you're gonna want to. I'm like, dude. Oh my god, I gotta get up. Like, it, I don't I don't get it. I'm like, dude. Are you Michael Vick? I mean, What's going on down it's here? It's one thing. It, the only argument would be like if things were normal. You know what I mean? And you were whatever. And you were like, I want to do, I want to like get hard into stand up again. I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to go across the whole country, like chasing stand up spots. And I don't need anything to be tied down. Okay. It's a different story. Well, that was part of it. It was, it was, dude, you're, you're, you're stuck in this pandemic mode too. That shit's done. In yeah. But pre pandemic you had, I mean, Nick sure. Del Sandro was your dog. It's a good dog. You're too. feeding him cheese in the middle of the night true you know what i mean like you were taking care of a, a puppy by the way that guy lady gaga's dog walker yeah it's my high school really he was my my good friend's neighbor right in my area this is one of the most fascinating like i mean i can't wait for this hbo documentary i don't remember he might have even been I and mean, this sounds awful he might have even been my class wow in high school is this all news around cincinnati They're like you know I didn't follow it. My buddy texted me. He goes, he goes, you know, uh, the guy's dog walker got shot, lived a few doors down from me. He goes, he went to high school with us. I remember my buddy, I go, 
again, I was just off the grid. I go, I have no clue what you're talking about. I read about it this morning. Yeah. And then I watched the video, their surveillance from the, the ring. I don't know if you watch that. Yeah. When they get out of the car. It's interesting. It's like, and then somebody turns it in for a reward, but the dogs were like tied up somewhere. A lot of suspect behaviors. I just found these two dogs tied up. Have 500 grand. Is that what she was offering? Yeah. She was offering 500 G's. Which is the equivalent of me offering $500 if you steal my dog. So it's fine. Dude got shot walking a dog. Yeah. What's going on in LA, Prando, that I don't know about? This was like, this was the. Uh... Probably, it was in a nice area too, right? Yeah, this was the plot of a movie with Sam Rockwell and Christopher Walken. They like steal rich people's dogs and then ransom them back to them. Really? I didn't know about that. Yeah. So you're next, Joe. Let's get back to the topic at hand. Okay. Do you want a playoff series? Uh, probably not. No. You know, I asked my my buddy asked me. He said, "What is you know what what will make this." season like a success and i'm like if we don't do well you well what everybody thinks we're gonna do and just freak out (laughs) like don't go you know don't go trading julius randall for pennies on the dollar in hopes that you know Kawhi's gonna be a free agent Kawhi's got a player option this summer let's get Kawhi. which by the way all the people who are coming at me for my julius randall tweet is what we fucking did so and, and that's how we ended up with Julius Randall, which is traded somebody else for pennies on the dollar for cap space to hunt stars. So like, don't, you know, for, for this season to be a success to me is don't make any rash decisions based on how well they're playing right now. Um, don't go mortgaging any sort of future for Bradley adding Bradley Beal to this team. Would I love Bradley Beal on this team? Yes. But, you know, do it if Washington's desperate. Don't do it in some sort of mortgaging of the future. Don't give up Mitchell Robinson. Don't give up R.J. Barrett. Don't give up Emmanuel quickly. Um, you know, if if some team wants to give us a, a semi-competent player for a mixed bag of, you know, late round, you know, second or late first round picks and, you know, the Alec Burks uh, of the world, Sure. Okay. Fine. Now we're talking, but don't make any rash decisions because suddenly you're the four seed. Yeah. And, and also I said kind of the best uh, case scenario would be like a set, you know, obviously right now they're trending to be higher than that, but at the time they were the seven seed and the nets were a two seed. I was like, let's play like a hard fought six game series with the nets in, in the first round of the playoffs. If, if it goes seven games, if we go into a seventh game and we're like, anything is possible in the seventh game, we lose, like that'll be a successful season to me. Lose a hard-fought series against the Nets. Now, that being said, like, you you know, it does drop off. You, you, you've you got Philly, Nets, Bucks, Knicks are four right now. So if the Knicks Miami end up... Finish, Miami will finish top five seed. Right, but if the Knicks, let's say the Knicks finish, you know, five and then and the heat finished four then it's like well can we beat them probably not but 
then the the successful season for me then is if they if they finish you know if they finish fifth fourth or fifth that would be a success if they finish sixth seventh or eighth just make a make like make that series a battle and what would be i guess a lack of success at this point even though like going into the season it would have been made sense is don't don't finish seven or eight and then lose your fucking playing games. That would be like, that would be like, that would be like the worst ending to this next season. They finish seventh. They've only got to win one of two to make the playoffs and they lose both. Yeah. Really. It's just developing quickly, developing RJ Barrett more, you know, Julius Randall's got his all-star reserve coming up. Get Mitchell Robinson healthy, you know, find the guys that are going to be, kind of the future of this franchise because Derek Rose, you know, he's been great so far, but like he ain't it. Sure. Nerlens Noel has been awesome lately. Like they found guy, they rejuvenated guy's mm-hmm. career. And that's where everybody wants, wanted me to take an L last week on a old takes exposed, man, find my Tibbs tweets. Like those are the old takes exposed. Like I was a hundred percent wrong. Like he's developed, he's like brought Nerlens Noel and Julius Randall and Derek Rose and whatever guys back from, from the dead. They're like, uh, then they're all, they're all former Kentucky players too. Those guys. Well, yeah. And that's a whole other, this is like a whole other thing we're doing where we're like stockpiling Kentucky guys and like making it work. Yeah. He tossed in rows, three former Calipari players. Quickly is from Kentucky as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, Kevin Knox is from Kentucky. Yeah, you got a lot. Yeah. Well, we'll get to some calls. We got some dirtball calls today. Hotline 310-359-8365. Before we do that, I am excited that the spring is here because that means I get to take care of the lawn here in Cincinnati. Joe, obviously we know, and I've documented in the past, the amount of nurturing and care that the late great Walt Ruther put into the lawn. I mean, have you, have you ever seen a guy so meticulously watch over and care for his lawn? Literally watching it grow. Yes. Literally doing that. I got to say this, this is a great thing. That's about that. You're about to talk about like in wall, like wall passes. You don't just pick up where wall left. And and honestly, it'd be totally impossible for you to do that. You have no experience in this whatsoever. So you have, you're now getting help in doing what, what Walt did, which is taking care of his lawn so well. And that's what I need. And, And thanks to our friends at Sunday which is a great product. And I'm happy to announce as a new partner with dirty sports, uh, they, they sent us some of their products and I've already started using them guys. Sunday is great because it's a lawn care service. That's going to send the products directly to your house. And I need all the help I can get. Obviously this is the first time that I'm living in a house with a lawn. We have a half acre in the backyard and I've already got it going with Sunday. I've already applied some of the fertilizer. Now that the spring is here, it's supposed to be in the fifties and sixties, and it's going to make lawn care that much easier. What I love is literally they have an outline of the house, which is crazy, 
right? Like they already have the outline of the square feet. I'm, I've submitted the soil. So they're going to give me the proper nutrients and need that I will, that will fit based on the soil. And my brothers are excited about this. My family is again, you know, my, my dad set the bar high. So I got to make sure the lawn is looking good. And guys, I can't recommend this company enough. If you need help with your lawn, sign up for Sunday right now. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. So right now, Dirtballs, this is a new sponsor. We love these guys. Hop on board. Visit GetSunday.com forward slash dirty to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That's $20 off your custom lawn plan at GetSunday.com forward slash dirty. And I will have that link in the description of the podcast. It's customized lawn care, which is exactly what I need. And the second box is going to ship in a couple months and then a third box in the fall. So basically it's curating my lawn for an entire year, Joe, so that I don't really have to do all the thinking on it. And they're going to send it to me based again on the soil, on the type of lawn that I have, the location, it's all customizable. So right now, dirt balls really take advantage of this and, uh, Go to getsunday.com forward slash dirty to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. I love this, Andy, because we have joked so much about the uh, big, big hardware stores of the world and you going, you go to the garden section and, you know, it's some dirt ball with his AirPods in listening to you talk about Hope Solo's vagina and then being like, hey, so I've got a lawn and uh, my dad used to take care of it and I take care of it now. And he's like, yeah, let me see if I can find you somebody from the grass section. And then they, you know, hide behind some soil and lay down for a little bit. So you don't have to deal with that anymore. Just have all this stuff shipped to you, a, a personalized lawn care plan. Yeah, you really can't beat it. It's, it's, it's the best deal around. And uh, like you said, you don't have to leave your house and deal with the... Uh, the morons at some of these local stores. Sorry, the milkshake machine is broken. You're like, what are you talking about? This is Home Depot, bro. And he's like, sorry, I used to, I used to work at McDonald's. That was my go-to line when I didn't want to help somebody. Uh, I meant, let me see if I can find somebody in lawn care. All right, so we got a few calls. We, we, we recently touched on NBA. We have a frustrated T-Wolves fan. Oh, our, poor our T-Wolves fan. I know, I know. Our farmer dirtball. This, this is uh, after they hired their new coach. So he's just venting, so I'll play Joe, Andy, Jay, number one, Minnesota Farmer Dirt Ball. I want to talk about the Timberwolves. Last call, I went, I went way too long because there's just too much to talk about with the incompetence of this organization. Long story short, we hired a bird from Canada, a finch, probably a yellow finch um, from Canada. Uh, he, this bird, this little small bird, used to work for fucking New Orleans or something. Offensive-minded coach. Um, oh, Christ. I mean, it's just it's never-ending. And uh, the Warriors have our first-round pick next year because we're going to be a top three, and that was protected. And then if we get the protection, we'll keep this year's pick. we lose next year's pick, so we're going to give the Warriors another piece. We already gave them Steph Curry. We already gave them James Wiseman and Wiggins, which I guess whatever Wiggins blows. But fuck! It's unbelievable. It's unfucking believable. Glenn Taylor needs to be brought up on charges for something. I might go plant some evidence on him. 
so he can sell the team to someone and they can just move them out of town, just move them smooth out of town. Because guess what? When when the Lakers come, I've been to two Lakers games when LeBron was on the Lakers. No, I went to a, a Cleveland game and then a Lakers game when LeBron was on the Lakers. He doesn't even try because it's the fucking Timberwolves. It's not even worth having a fucking team in town. Just leave the Target Center and give us concerts. Fuck! Oh, it's miserable. Jesus. Too much. I'm sorry. I'm too much. I need another light or something. You guys have a good day. The frustration is real. I mean, I've never, I've never felt more like I know some, what somebody's going through than somebody just ragingly angry about the incompetence of their basketball team and being like, you know what? Maybe I need a Miller Lights. So I don't kill myself. My guy, I've been there for 20 years. So I get it. Um, I think that the hardest part about this for me to listen to, and I can't believe that this is where we're at, is that like I know what this guy's going through because I've been there. But currently, and I and listen, I I am totally looking a gift horse in the mouth. Like the chances of this, you know, excitement around my basketball team lasting is probably not good. But there's a glimmer of hope, and it's crazy. But the glimmer of hope was brought to us by Thibodeau. Who everybody in Minnesota, who I hated in Minnesota, who everybody hated in Minnesota, who made me not, his Minnesota tenure made me not excited about his Knicks hiring. But it turns out it might have been Minnesota the whole time. Seems like a dumpster fire of an organization right now. Has been. No one wants to go to Minnesota. That's for no, sure. No, there's ne- the, the, like the, the idea of a free agent signing in Minnesota is not good. They haven't nailed a draft pick since Garnett. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is good, but like, yeah, but like, you know, he's not Kevin, Gar- he's not, he's not turning your franchise around good. It's not changing anytime soon either. That's the, I think that's why he's frustrated. He, he knows they're still going to be bad for a while. And I really don't know what to say. Well, to steal a line from animal house and the late, the late, great John Belushi, my advice to you is to start drinking heavily. <laughs> Which it sounds like he's doing. Yeah. All right. Time for a golf call. Um, I'm wearing a little red today in honor of. What's up, uh, fellas? This is you. Tiger. Um, just wanted to get some advice. I know, Printer, you're, you know, obviously talk about golfing a lot. And, you know, with the, uh, the new pad that you guys have for these golf bags, look at it, you know, pretty cool. So uh, I'm somebody that's golfed occasionally. I'm fucking atrocious. I can't hit a fucking ball off the tee. To save my life um but i want to get you know after work hit up the course you know just something to do so getting in do you recommend taking lessons um you know kind of sounds pretty lame as being an adult but um you know i know it is something that they people do do so i was just wondering if someone's you know getting in the golf for pretty much the first time rather than just casual a few times here and there uh, if you would recommend getting golf lessons 
Um, and condoms are for people that do not combine their home and auto insurance. Are <laughs> you there, my friend? Um, this is a per- you know what's a per- perfect question. I golf this weekend, and I'm terrible. So, it's the first time I golfed in September. Third time I golfed, probably fourth time in the last year. So I'm bad. So you know my buddy's my buddy's legit. Like he belongs to the country club. We went to his country club. We had a foursome, and his uh, his coworker who was golfing with us, who I was riding a cart with, I, I literally asked him the exact same thing. This is like a perfect question because they're watching me and I'm terrible. Yeah. I'm take I know. And the truth is, like I'm taking holes off to like smoke a joint. Like I'm, I'm one of those golfers. Like ah fuck this. I'd rather just get baked. He said to me, and he's a really good golfer. He goes, my advice is with YouTube, watch a bunch of videos of somebody who knows what they're doing. Because because you're because you're the way you're gripping it is so off. Get the basic basic down, hit the driving range a few times, then you know maybe play a few rounds, then maybe pay somebody. His point was, don't just start off by paying somebody, right? right. There's a, there's enough good instruction on YouTube. Don't just throw your money at somebody. Get the basic mechanics down, then pay somebody, or do that. There you are. My buddy told me about this, and this is absolutely the best place to start, which is Ben Hogan's Five Lessons, The Modern Fundamentals of Golf. It's like, you know, it's the equivalent of like, I don't know, reading, uh, you know, baseball for dummies or something like that. Like, this is a great place to start. And by the way, keep in mind, I'm terrible. (laughs) I'm I'm a terrible golfer. But uh, here's what I've learned, because I did the lesson thing right out of the gate. And the first, first things first is like, if you find somebody that is an incompetent coach and I know an incompetent coach because I've coached things and I know like the first guy I got lessons from was useless. So I wasted my money there. Um, I've since found a guy that like, I like more, but here's what's worked for me. First of all, like I can die. Like, you know, I've, I've coached, I've coached hitting, which is pretty similar to golf, like in terms of like a lot of the technique, obviously not similar technique, but like in, in jargon and in things that you need to like do turning and twisting and torquing and hands and all that stuff. So hitting a baseball, they're not the same, but you know, similar jargon. Um, so I can self-diagnose and that's where the minimal golf bag, this isn't even an ad has come in because I use that camera pocket to fill my swing and then i just look at my swing versus like look at a good swing and i go oh i can self-diagnose why my swing looks different and why that one looks good now the thing with youtube or tiktok because i i see a lot of like instagram tiktok youtube is like so much information that then like one guy says this one guy says this one guy says this i think focus on figure out what you're doing wrong and then only pay attention to the people that are like saying do that. Because if you try to work on a million different aspects of your swing simultaneously, it's just going to fuck things up. But I'll say this. I did find a one guy uh, at Westchester who I discovered he's a golf teacher. And and I found him because John told him that I was missing a leg (laughs) for when, when he was running the pro shop. So then like I got into a conversation with him and I've taken two lessons with him and I took two lessons with him, like pretty much 
back to back, like maybe a couple of weeks apart. And I have not had a lesson with him in over two months. And the reason is because, and this would be my main piece of advice. Don't just like pay a guy a hundred bucks every week to give you a lesson. The guy told me, this is what you're doing wrong. And I have been working on fixing that for two months. I don't need to go back. I need to continue to work on that. So like I took the fixes and I took the drills and I took whatever, and now I just do it on my own. And then when I feel like that's sorted out and I'm having some other thing that's keeping me from reaching the next level, I'll go back to him and I'll be like, yo, now what about this? Now what about this? Now what about this? But he definitely gave me some really good tips on like chipping and putting and like whatever. In addition to like, Hey, this is what's wrong with your swing. So I'm still working on that thing that's wrong with my swing and I've got a little chipping and a putting help. So I would say it's a combination of all the things, but like, don't just dive in and start, start with this and then find, you know, at some point find a coach and, and be like, Hey, give me one thing I can work on on my own for the next three months and then I'll be back. I do have to brag. I somehow got a birdie. I don't know how I did it. It's the biggest fluke on a par three. Hit it over the water, hit the top of some stones that were outlining the water. It bounced up and straight onto the green about 15 feet away. And I somehow sunk the, like I didn't, you know, I just rushed, just right. hit it, sunk the putt. The foursome, the three guys I was with could not stop laughing. Like, you just got a birdie, dude. Like, how did this happen? That's like, you know, I mean, first of all, congratulations. Freak. It's it's a yeah. birdie in the scorebook, you know. It looks like a you know, a green in regulation and a long putt on on the scorecard. Well, well, uh, you and my buddy, real quick, my buddy would say because a lot of my shots, he goes, "Dude, they're never pretty," and a lot of times, like they don't look pretty. They, the the swing, he goes, "You're like a like an ugly girl with big tits, man." It's like it doesn't look pretty, but hey, I'll take it. Oh, I mean, the game of golf is all about good misses that's what i've learned like just your misses can't be terrible if they're dude i i probably played one of my better rounds like i play with laz all the time at industry hills which is a really tough course here and it fucking i hate it it's so hard and i also played there before i should have and it kicked my ass so i've always had a thing and the other day i went there and i didn't play that well but all of my misses were pretty good and i came out with the best score i've had there yet and but like that, that like lucky, good get in, it's good. I mean, I took my girlfriend golfing for the first time. She parred her first ever golf hole. It was a 90-yard par three. She hit driver. She almost hit it into a parking lot. It hit a fence post. It bounced back. She accidentally chipped three feet to the green and tapped in. And I was like, you just parred your first ever golf hole. You also tried to hit driver on a 90-yard hole and almost hit it into a parking lot. But you parred your first ever golf hole. <laughs> Crazy, man. It's a crazy so game. You, you got to take those where you can get them. Yeah. All right. Our last call today is a throwback, Joe. I think you're going to have to retell the story, man. Oh, boy. Here we go. Hey, what's up, Andy and Joe? This is a Drew calling in from Brooklyn. I just had a, a quick question for you. Um, I'm trying to recall to my roommate the story from years and years ago about Mikey uh, tell him a story about the turtle. I know it might not be exactly the dirty sports content for the year 2021, but if you could maybe just give me a quick run through of what exactly that story was. 
and then we lose. But I don't know what happens. Okay. But uh, first of all, I think this is important. Mikey yeah. listens to the show. It's not, not Mikey. Mikey. Yeah. It's John. Um, Mikey is a savage in his own right, but this is very much more out of the John bag of your, your oldest brother. And, and, Older want, brother. and before you tell a story, I want to say real quick for me. First time I heard the story was we went to a Mets Giants game up in San Francisco. I heard it in the parking lot as we were tailgating. And I, 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 I was speechless. I was laughing. I w- and then we repeated it on a podcast. I think we partied all night or whatever. I would argue it's it's easily a top three dirty sports story. And I'll let you tell it. I mean, first of all, I was not a part of this story at all. This is all hearsay for me. <laughs> but uh, this thing is amazing. So when I was in college, one of my good friends was still home, like home, like where we're from in the area. My brother lived in the area still. He was not home, but he lived in the area on his own. The gist of the story is this. My brother and my buddy hang out. They, they're they hooking up with some girls or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the next morning, my buddy puts supposedly a used condom in John's orange juice. And as is normal. Well, can I hop in here? So like. Yeah. In his orange juice glass or in his orange juice glass. He's just playing a prank on him. Yeah. And now this is something that myself, Mikey, John, my sister, probably my parents, probably their parents. If you come at us unprovoked, (laughs) Maddie Goldberg knows this. If you come at us unprovoked, unbelievable. If you Pearl Harbor us, I was just going to say Japan, we will nuke you. So. And also, by the way, in this story, I'm not sure which is worse, but. Yeah. So 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 your your friend who I know, my friend pranks John with a used condom in his orange juice, a savage unprovoked move. Right now, John is also the kind of guy. John is Mr. Unprovoked attack as well. Like John will John will prank you for no reason, but. If you come at us unprovoked, we're going to nuke you. And a lot of my friends know this and have learned their lesson. Um, In fact, my buddy who did this, who did this to my brother, he came at me unprovoked one time. And then I fed him a lollipop that I shoved up my ass. So (laughs) we savage will go. But so then the response from John was then my buddy was living at home still. John was living on his own. My buddy was living at home. So my but John goes over to my buddy's parents' house. And his sister had a turtle. And I guess John <laughs> spent the night there and slept in the sister's room. I think the sister was in college at the time. But the sister sleeps in the sister's room with the turtle. And John... I don't know. Again, I don't know how this is in. I don't even know how this is an attack on my buddy. But in response to the condom. (laughs) Jacked off on the turtle. Masturbated on the pet turtle of the sister. And just like left it under the heat lamp in the. (laughs) 
here supposedly hearsay. I, mean, I know not, I, I I was not there for any of this stuff. He, I've he, just heard he committed a criminal act. Yeah, the savagery. Now this is first of all this is all in like the late nineties when you early, could do, early two thousand maybe you can do things like that and everybody involved is under the age of like 23. So, so who found the turtle? I don't know if I ever got the explanation on that. I don't think anybody found the turtle. I think I'm assuming John just said I did this. I was saying, cause I'm assuming the semen dries. No idea. <laughs> uh, again, all hearsay as far as I know, but this is still talked about amongst the, the involved parties. And he's All- like, you deserve it. He's like, it's not even my turtle. And he's like, well, listen, an attack on me is an attack on my family. An attack on my family is an attack on your family. There is a lot going on. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest, it's, uh, I'm not going to give names, but we, we have two Italian families. It's almost like a mob war going yeah. on, a yeah. mob prank war. We have two Italian families involved in this prank war, which, holy shit, I will say, as savage as John's act was, a used condom in somebody's orange juice is, I mean, that is a Pearl Harbor, an unprovoked, you just dropped a bomb on our base. Right. Yeah. Like, there's going to be retaliation. And these two, the two people involved, my brother and my buddy, both just like reckless, savage individuals. Like, they're the only two pairing. They're the only pair of people in my life where like, it would have gone back and forth like this. Like he would have only done that to John and John would have only done that back to him. Like anybody else would have been like, what, what it like, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did the prank war end at, like John ended the prank war. Correct. The, yeah. These tend it, it's, it tends to be these like just one-off tradings of like reckless behaviors. I'm saying like you, you don't bounce back from somebody jacking off on your sister's pet turtle. I mean, I, I would say John didn't bounce back from the original attack. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, this is all this is completely off the rails, this war. I mean, it's one of the craziest things I've ever heard. I still don't understand. I was like, wait, what? Like, why? How? And there's there's a lot of details about this that were also like left out for legal purposes. But like, sure. There's, there's a lot of logistical. Gist, that's the gist of the story. Yeah, there's a lot of logistical. And again, questions. all hearsay. I was in college at the time in Pennsylvania, far removed from this whole situation. Otherwise, I'd have been like, "You monsters need to knock it off." That's unbelievable. The, the savagery. So let that be a lesson to anyone trying to do a uh, unprovoked attack on the Prano family. Yeah, that is. I highly like recommend you not do that because. There's there's a dozen stories about like the retaliation being so much worse than the original attack. Well, I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand in recent months from you, an unprovoked attack on both of us. And uh, nothing criminal. I just want to put that out there. You did not do anything criminal, but you responded in an appropriate matter to this individual. I don't even know what you're referencing, but I'm not going to say it. I'll tell you off air. Okay. But you responded in an appropriate matter of an unprovoked, very mean, uh, not even threat, a very 
mean thing that was sent to to me for both me and you and you you did what had to be done yeah and uh you know like it you know that it's like goldberg goldberg's always like yeah i'm from a am scared of prano it's like i we never had beef and then like every once in a while i would have to you know i'd be on the road and we'd allow you to like grow your social media following by coming on our podcast and then you'd open up with like Let's talk about Prano's lisp. And you're like, okay, well, I guess, I guess now I got to come back and destroy you. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That story though. That's an all timer. Absolutely. All timer. Well, guys, if you have any similar stories, I would love to hear them. Call the hotline 310-359-8365. If you want some beer koozies, I got a bunch of them. Drop an iTunes review with your Twitter or Instagram handle. Or email me, andyruther45 at gmail.com, and I will send you some koozies. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Joe, I know you're on every social media. You're probably I'm at on. Fix, I'm at Fix Your Life on uh, Twitter. I'm at Joe Prano on all other social medias. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Keep drinking Miller Lite if your basketball team sucks or if they're good. Drink them in celebration. Drink them in anger. Just keep drinking them. And let me know about it. Yeah. And uh, I will officially, when the show ends, be submitting to the Tampa Bay Bucks our reasons for getting a Super Bowl ring. Yes, please. Because if Jameis Winston gets one, we or des- get. deserves one, 100% we should get one. All right, guys, that's the show. Thanks, as always, for supporting us. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a great few days. And don't forget, stay dirty.